What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's 12.39 a.m. in Auburn, California, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and in Los Angeles, I'm Tess Lynch with Molly Lambert. And over in New York, we have Emily Oshida. Well, hey, guys. guys. <laughs> we were going to start off. Emily, you wanted to tell us about a little restaurant called Honey Brains. <laughs> well, I'm informed by our producer, Rachel, that this is not a new fast casual dining concept. I was pretty sure it was. I was a... Uh, I was leaving my boxing class, which we can do a whole other episode about boxing class, which is my new favorite thing. Um, And as I usually do in New York, walking around and Googling salad on Google Maps, which is my lifestyle, (laughs) Um, and then turned around, um, I didn't have anything near me. And then I was like, 
turned around and right I had been standing right in front of this bright yellow storefront for something called Honey Brains. And I think I had not registered it as being a place to eat because the logo looks like the um, the Freelancers Union logo of like the <laughs> um, beehive. But there are so many things going on in this restaurant. And so it's, it, and it's old news. I, w- I was excited that it was like a new um, concept that I could talk about because I love talking about fast, fast casual concepts. <laughs> I thought this was something you made up. Me too. You texted us. I thought you said, it's my idea for, and I was like, well, that's a great Halloween fast casual restaurant, (laughs) Honey Brains. Look, if I was starting a restaurant called Honey Brains, I feel like it would be, (laughs) it would be like a let's get ready to just eat bugs type type restaurant I'm, like what is this i'm thinking about honey me which is the soft serve place in koreatown oh, that you can get yeah. honey on soft serve that's yeah. really good no no what is honey is brains that. well honey brains is like they've got salads they've got sandwiches they've got bowls they also have juices and they also sell an array of um rare brains. and artisanal honeys and brains locally brains. sourced Honeys. Um, There is a a long spiel in the menu that I was reading about how it was founded by some kind of neuroscientist and maybe a dietitian (laughs) or something and about how they were they were creating their own five food groups that were what you needed to have. um, It's like neuro food. Yeah, it's like neuro food. And they have a lot of of powders and a lot of supplements there, too. But it feels like a sweet green. It does kind of feel like a cult. I was explaining to someone yesterday what the source is, the source family. Oh, yeah. Because uh, my friend Mukta went on a tour of different cult locations in Los Angeles. The source is right above the strip, right? It is Mm -hmm. Cabo Cantina now. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. (laughs) But that's the original salad cult. Yeah. I spent a lot of time uh, in this past trip in L.A. going to various places for salads and uh, I feel like I feel like I learn a lot. I feel like I learn did, a lot by only it's like it's like I have a blogging project of doing only one thing over and over again, except I'm not even blogging about it. It's just my life. But you're you're on a salad kick now. Yeah. Now that I know that this is a real restaurant, I'm so much more confused. I thought this was going to be like your Halloween idea for themed. a restaurant. Like my mind went to like, it's a bowl <laughs> and it comes in a container shaped like a skull. Uh-huh. So it's like a bowl, but it looks like brains. It's like a, a grain bowl, but it's like a brain bowl. Uh-huh. This is what I thought this was going to be. I <laughs> at first read it as honey braised, and I was like, that sounds disgusting. Like honey. Which, I mean, it's less disgusting than honey brains, because then if you <laughs> thought about honey braised, you think about braising a brain and honey. How did somebody get to the, how did this concept this get This is to what market? I'm saying. I don't understand how anybody, like, market tested <laughs> the, any name that has the word brains in it. Brains. <laughs> Maybe they were like, well, there's a very... A uh, good restaurant called Soup Plantation. Yes, that has a horrible name. I think Soup Plantation has a great name. I think it's a better name than <laughs> Zoop. Because you know about Zoop? Zoop? No, Zoop. Zoop. There's a place called Zoop, and there's none in LA. I was complaining on Twitter. Does it have a while an exclamation ago, point? It does. Okay. Yes. All right. I, you, I felt you read bad. correctly. I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying for it, but yeah, I was complaining because I think if there were a restaurant that just sold soup and bread. No, the Soup Plantation is a great restaurant. It just has a horrible name. No, has, I like the name Soup Plantation. it has plantation. plantation in it. I know, I know, but it's memorable. It's okay. so memorable. It's, it's offensive, so but memorable. Maybe that's what Honey Brains is going for, too, I'm saying. Maybe they're like, you'll never forget 
<laughs> I just, you know? I just love. Yeah. I went in there and it was, it was like you know, laptop scene. Like everybody was just working on their laptops in there, and I was like, I was thinking it was a new place, and I was just like, it's so ridiculous how you just have to have a few signifiers, like some fancy honey on the wall and some some cold pressed juice. And like a selection of bowls and avocado toast and everyone will be like, yes, this is my office now. I am at home here. <laughs> uh, and it, it, while you're at a place called The Honey and Brains, I just, I'm sorry. I'm sure that they're very, very well-intentioned people at Honey Brains. If you work for Honey Brains, please shout us out and let us know what kind of company they are to work for. But it's uh, it such a like hilarious name. It could also be sinister. I'm, Maybe. Honey Brains. I mean, didn't Cafe Gratitude turn out to be part of like a multi-level marketing scheme? Oh, I don't know. I Last like time Kathy I went gratitude. there, either side of me, people were talking about um, Landmark. They were talking about. Land- oh, that's what it is. That's What's Landmark? The scam. What is it? Landmark. It's part of Landmark? It's, yeah. What is it? Well, um, a first we should explain scam. what Cafe Gratitude is. Cafe Gratitude is a. My favorite. A my favorite. Emily's favorite restaurant. Concept. Everything is called, like, I am grateful. I am whole. It's You have to I, order things by saying, I am energetic. <laughs> there's nothing better than like some fake hippie bullshit covering up something incredibly sinister i hear they have really good key lime pie was that a hot tip from all their desserts are amazing Um, everyone likes the food there and then they are part of landmark which is like a team building ponzi scheme oh this is the one where you go to the retreat and you can't talk about it yeah okay now i remember (laughs) um no it was it was for real and also just to defend the honor of los angeles it was a san francisco based company oh i know yeah the first time i ever went i ever went to gratitude was in san francisco (laughs) and it was so much less like what it is now like it's so sleek now (laughs) emily and i were in new york together once and we went to a place called connecticut muffin i don't know if we've talked about this before but we were like connecticut muffin there's like this part of manhattan where there's all these muffin places and we were like oh the 90s muffin boom yeah remember there's a block there's like a muffin block in the upper west side and it's so appropriate um yeah i think we pitched we pitched a show in our minds about like the muffin wars the new york like upper west side muffin wars of the of the early to mid 90s it'll be like the hall and catch fire of muffins yeah just like remember when people were like a healthy breakfast a big muffin a big muffin is the yeah. healthiest. And breakfast. then it became muffin tops, which was like also a confusing. <laughs> well, that episode takes place during yeah. the muffin boom. The muffin boom. The show is called Muffins. If you would like to buy it, what about muffin tops though? Or <laughs> <laughs> the show is called Muffin Top because it's about getting to getting the top to the top of, of the muffin. <laughs> Tess and I both watched a show on Netflix. We did. That we said we were going to watch last week. I don't think Emily had time to watch it, but don't worry. You missed not a lot. It's okay. Well, listen, a lot of people have been telling us about The Haunting of Hill House and saying it was really good. <clears throat> I don't know Y'all about me? that. Was it Molly? <laughs> no, I didn't say it was good. No, it I wasn't said, you. I got I'm mail saying, and I'm we got saying, calls like, about it. Yeah. We were steered wrong. However, I heard that it, it gets better until the final episode, which I have heard also is underwhelming. I've only made it through two episodes. Molly is that far or a little bit ahead. You guys, what are you talking about? This is not a very good show. I did not really like this show. <laughs> Tell me all of your problems with it. Okay. So first of all, I was like, 
I must be like a hard horror fiction nerd because mm-hmm. all the liberties. I was like, why even call it The Haunting of Hill House? This has nothing to do with the book The Haunting of Hill House. Right. Shirley Jackson, Which is a Shirley Jackson book of which there are two movie adaptations, both of which are good in their own ways. Um, but again, I was like, yeah, the 99 one's like a much more faithful adaptation of the book than this is. This is just something called The Haunting of Hill House, but it's like bloodline with ghosts. Oh, see, I thought I described it as being like, this is us with ghosts. And I was like, this is ghosts. It's too many. OK, so there's too many characters. There's it's for a in family. The family. They all look exactly they all alike, look exactly like except the druggy brother. Carla Gugino and Elizabeth Reeser are indistinguishable from one another as is the one who plays theodora yeah is that elizabeth reeser i that's that's like, the question the mom one of the moms and the daughter are like facially yes so similar that it becomes incredibly confusing but like not in a way that's interesting yeah the reason the original is scary is because it's about a random group of people who come to a haunted house to look for ghosts and then a bunch of fucked up things happen and you like sort of find out the backstory of the house eventually but a lot of it is just like random and for no reason yeah and this is like somebody was like let's motivate everything very specifically to this one family the main guy who is like from Treme king character yeah i was like oh i hate this guy and then i was like oh it's because he's sunny from Treme. yeah yeah i was just like ugh. i don't know i wasn't a six feet under person either yeah. And that's also kind of what I felt like this was going for. I have to say the pilot of The Haunting of Hill House was so much less good than the second episode that I, I am probably going to keep watching it. The pilot had some really strange uh, gears churned in a way. There was a monologue. Um, there's lot a lot of monologues. A lot of monologues. The device of using a cell phone with the character's name so that they can all call each other and eventually you are drilled on who's who. It just is like drawing more attention to the fact that they are all identical <laughs> and have nothing really like they're just these little cutouts of people. So there's yeah. nothing like to grab onto except for the matriarch, Carla. Is it Gugino. Gugino or Gugino? I don't know. I say Gugino. I love She's her. She's great in everything. She In Wayward Pines, I was like, I would watch 50 hours of this just for Carla. She's yes. amazing. It, you know what? I also was like, this got made because of Hereditary. Oh, see, I was like, this is exactly like season one of American Horror Story. Oh, yeah. yeah. But not as good. I think the turnaround for Hereditary would be a little too tight for responsive content to that. So I am a person who's never read the Shirley Jackson book. I've never seen either of the uh, Haunting of Hill House movies. I know I've gathered on Twitter that a lot of people are specifically upset that in some way this new show goes against like some kind of principle of the original material. But like I'm so unfamiliar with it that I would have no idea to know how or, or what that is. But do you guys have a sense of like that like, I, I don't know it seemed like it was like a Shirley Jackson would be rolling in her grave type thing but I don't know I mean my guess I don't think we're far enough along but so far the the Shirley Jackson book it's like it's all about you know eerie things and there's not that much happening but it's like a psychological kind of it's, terror situation yeah it's like people going crazy in a house together and none of the things are confirmed ever to have happened and you kind uh, of wonder if it's like one person who's so disturbed that their energy yeah. is just like disturbing everyone who's coming into the house and in, into their field kind of thing right in the book it's like four people i think it's like a ghost hunter 
a sexy lesbian and a woman who's like very disturbed because she had to raise her ailing mother for many years. Oh, yeah. She was like taking she was like her yeah. parents caretaker. And they all agree to be part of a study that the ghost hunter is running where they're going to like go to this legendarily haunted house that like a millionaire built for his wife. And like, and then there are the caretakers who are kind of like the creepy, the creepy people who come by and just act strange and then won't stay overnight, which are also in the um, TV show. Yeah, but it's about like being in this isolated house and like weird things are happening and maybe some kind of cool gay stuff happens. And it's all very ambiguous, though. It's like you don't fully know. And then at the end, spoiler alert. Uh, the kind of more disturbed woman gets like taken over by the house. The house like starts to possess her uh, and the spirits of like the dead children, I think is what you find out that live in the house. They're like buried inside the house. I love Shirley Jackson. Yeah, there's like a child in the walls and stuff. There's like genuinely terrifying. This show is just like all exposition. Mm -hmm. Like the scene where they introduce the hot lesbian who's now one of the sisters is just like she picks up a girl and then she's like, Hey, I can't stay. Gotta go. <laughs> and like that's her character. I wear gloves. And then that's my deal. And then she dies. Yeah. Well, no. Wrong. No. Wrong sister. See, they look exactly alike. Oh my I thought God. that. I yes. Can't see, tell. this is the thing: is there's three sisters, two brothers. Yes. There's too the, many. the brothers you can tell apart because someone was like the men should look different, but the women can just all look exactly the same. And I think the acting, like everyone's. Doing their best, I think. But it, there's just not that much to do yet. And maybe there will be. By the way, um, someone on the Night Call Facebook said that Molly looks exactly like the child actor who plays Shirley in the flashbacks. Wait, really? Is that Lulu the, or whatever her that's name the, is? I thought she looked just like your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. N- Nell. Nell, the very disturbed yeah, Nell, the baby one looks, looks just like, like my your daughter. daughter. And I was I like, know. I wonder what this is going to be like for Tess when she watches the show. I wasn't loving her arc. No, I'll tell you that no. much. So I was like, okay, these people are roughly like between, you know, late 20s and 40, the characters in present day. Then they do the flashbacks to yeah, their childhood, just too much. which would presumably be the mid to early. 90s, I guess, or early 90s, and they make the 90s look like it's 1946. It's insane. Where it's like, I'm using a Polaroid camera because that's all that exists here in the 90s. Because it's not... I don't know. It's shot in Atlanta. The real failure of it is that the house isn't scary. The house doesn't Hmm. feel very scary. It doesn't feel scary. Also, I just think it's... it totally lacks like any specificity and right, I think, that's the thing it yeah. lacks like a sense of place because it's supposed to be new england but it's atlanta no i thought it was well in the book it was never clarified where it was no but in my mind it's new england see in my mind they're in boston a bunch so i was like they must be near the house i thought it was in northern california <laughs> look <laughs> at that um, i believe um, she's from new hampshire so okay. that's maybe where my mind is going. Uh, Emily. Uh, do you guys have any, uh, like, idea of how a horror TV show could work? Because I feel like maybe there's, like, been one and a half successes so far. But, like, I'm well, a person who starts watching every single episode of American Horror Story and then just can't follow through yeah. on it. It just, like, I, it loses my interest. Um, I like anthology. Yeah. Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt, to me, hold up incredibly well to this day. And I think it's because also... 
if you are going to draw a character that's a little bit thin for the purposes of like a story arc, mm-hmm. it's like fine if they only have to exist for one episode. You yeah, don't need right. to know every single thing about them ever. What I thought was super weird about this series is that there's it does not seem like a fit for Netflix. It seems like network. You know, mm. I mean, it, it reminded me so much of Wayward Pines, which I actually enjoyed because Wayward Pines leaned so far into the campiness. But this is it seems like it this wants to be prestigious. Yeah. yeah. It's trying to be prestige and it's very like serious. I, I watch all horror on television. I'm like 100 yeah. percent down for because I'm excited that it's here now. Right. You know, it's like a little bit of a freer landscape than it used to be. I think. And it totally started with like Walking Dead, and I'm so glad that there are things that are not yeah. Walking Dead <laughs> that are popular now that can be called horror television. I feel like yeah. the thing I was really into, like, and I, I surprisingly stuck with for a while, is um, Penny Dreadful. I really because it was just like <laughs> it was just like goofy Victorian shit, yeah, and yeah. it's so over the top and so melodramatic and so like kind of hot too. And I like uh, the movie version of From Hell. Are we steampunk? Is that where this is I going? Think are we a little we are. steampunk? <laughs> I don't think that Penny Dreadful ca- counts as, as steampunk. There's not enough. Uh, like, I think vi- any Victoriana. That, no, then there's no reason Wait, to use like the a, the, hold, the hold steampunk on. label if all Victoriana. Is steampunk. I'm sorry. Well, let's ask our listeners: Is Victoriana steampunk? Is Dracula steampunk? No. Or is Frankenstein steampunk because he's got bolts in his head? When you no. say things like "Is Dracula steampunk," it makes it. You know what I mean? You're leading the listener. Speaking of Victorian horror and like old timey creepy things, yes. Producer steampunk Rachel also to be more accurate. <laughs> Steve- yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't producer Rachel have something to contribute to our podcast related to last week's episode? Hi, Rachel. Hey, hey hi, everybody. Rachel. Uh, Rachel is on our on the on the knobs, uh, and and Rachel like piped up after last week's episode to say like, oh yeah, I've been watching the ASMR Plague Doctor <laughs> for years. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Tell me What's more. his official name? Okay, so the the guy his his YouTube channel is called Ephemeral Rift. That sounds like <laughs> a weed strain, but yeah. So like in the world of like crazy weird uh, ASMR YouTube uh-huh. rabbit holes, uh, you know, there's the usual like people who do like I'm cutting your hair, I'm just gonna be a librarian uh-huh. kind of role plays, and then there's people like Ephemeral Rift who decide to do entirely HP Lovecraft themed uh, role plays. <laughs> Um, Do you know anything about him and his origins or like what made him get into it? Um, He's just like a 40 something year old dude who is like, I just kind of want to do this. Um, And he started out with like a couple of characters. He had like a doctor and all of almost all of his stuff takes place in Arkham Sanitarium. Okay. Like as in not the Batman one, as in the H.P. Lovecraft one. Uh huh. Wow. (laughs) And so like pure. (laughs) And so there's this. uh, There's the doctor. There's a doctor Clemens, and then there's the doctor has a wife Margaret, and then there's also he got a plague doctor mask, and he's like, guys, help me name this plague doctor. Uh, And they named him Corvus Clemens, and decided that he is the (laughs) brother of the other doctor Clemens. Is there wow. any other ASMR that's this like plotted? <laughs> Not, I don't think quite so much. Yeah, there is a lot of like steampunk ASMR role plays like that are one offs. Uh-huh. There's also a couple of people who do like a couple of episodes of like one character. 
there's like a storyline that I found across a whole bunch of artists who I'm not even sure know each other about like hunting a vampire. And they're all just whispering yeah, while they're they hunt, all like hunt the talking vampire. about looking for this vampire. And I'll, and there's like one person who is the vampire. And I'm like, I don't even know if these people know each other, if they just are like, I'm going to join in on this. Dude, oh, how do you follow this plot? I can't like hear anything that anyone's saying in ASMR. I thought that was the point. Are you just like, you're just turning it way up and hearing they're like, uh, I guess so. You like, fall asleep about halfway through, but like the plots are not like hard to follow. It's just like, oh. I am a doctor. I am going to Wait, talk so to you. It does legitimately help you fall asleep. Oh, for me, it does. Yeah. Well, I was. I found it to terrifying. One that, yeah, it was, yeah. I thought it was well, scary. he's not meant to be. He's definitely not meant to be terrifying. He's meant to be very silly. Like he's <laughs> do, like doing it over the top. He's like, what is a beaking? Who knows? I'm going to beak you to yeah. sleep. So he has those like, masks these, are yeah. just so scary, and the lighting is scary. Like they're meant to be creepy Shadowy. and evocative, but like not really scary. There's like a yeah. couple of ones where he's just like, I'm just I'm just going to hang out here at, at a party and do ASMR. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> There's something also, I think, I guess because I, in my limited awareness of ASMR, I feel like most of the people who do it that I've seen are women. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I'll use the word interesting in quotes. <laughs> um, that to have this 40-something-year-old man in a scary mask trying to whisper you to sleep. <laughs> I was watching another clip because um, I was going through this account when you were telling me about him before we started recording. And there's one where he's like in some kind of like leather suit. And the sound of the leather is is really amped. I at least I I felt from my my phone uh, speaker, and that was like the opposite of ASMR to me. <laughs> yeah, some people like that though. Some people really like the, the sound of leather. Sounds I and, mean, like, the leather yeah. sounds, and like some people like blocks together. It's, yeah. yeah, it is I a mean, fetish. Yeah. It is a fetish, but no. I'm just saying that I wouldn't put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's how I right? felt. Also, I was like, this is interesting, but it would definitely keep me awake all night. <laughs> yeah. Afraid of being beaked. Computer I plays would be and... afraid of having dreams about yeah. the plague doctor. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's just because um, I've seen so many of his videos where he's just like talking about like raising his son and like <laughs> drinking beer. Wait, what? Okay, okay. All right, all right. That's amazing. <laughs> so like he has these characters and then he also has a lot of videos where he just like talks about his philosophies on life. And he's not in costume. For no, those. he's not in costume. Because I saw his face okay. in one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Is he friendly looking? He looks like a graphic designer. He does look like a graphic designer. <laughs> I'm just going to. All right, so that. not super scary. I just wanted to yeah. say thank you to Rachel for contributing. Yes, thank you so much, Rachel. We go to thank some... you so much, oh, Rachel. Yeah, of course, I'm always happy to it talk about the weirdo ASM artists uh, yeah. on the internet. <laughs> That's ASM like some artists. useful knowledge for us when we were genuinely in the dark. So yeah. thank you. And for listeners, another another one who does like more interesting uh, role plays is Phoenician Sailor, who is also like a 40-year-old dude. Uh, <laughs> and I think he's friends with the other guy. Oh, I can't God. wait to go down this wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wait, Rachel, while we have you on the line, did I hear that you had something to say about escape rooms? Oh, yeah, I used to work at one. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know how this was kept from us for so long. I know. What did you do? Like, <laughs> what was your role in the escape room? We had to solve the puzzle and find out. Yeah. Well, I, my title was Game Master. And I have an awesome shirt that says Game Master on it. Um, basically, we were supposed to, like, put people in a room, give them the intro about, like, what the backstory of the room was. And uh, then we would, like, watch them when they were in the room, make sure they didn't break anything, help them along if they were really stuck. 
So you wouldn't be in the room, you'd just be watching them through cameras yep. and like a disembodied voice. Yeah. You could be like, try the third well, drawer. Well, not a disembodied right. voice. Ours was pretty low tech, so like we had phones in every room. But we're like part of the <laughs> oh. decor. But like we'd That's be like, cooler oh. though. I like that. We'd be like, call us if you need some help. A couple of times we had children where I did have to stay in the room with them because they okay. were really nervous. And they'd get scared. How old were the kids? I mean, how old do you have to be to be in an escape room? I didn't know they like so, let children in escape rooms. I didn't think so, so the either. The official rule of the place that I worked was you had to be 14 if you didn't have a, like, a supervision. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes parents would book it for like six 12-year-olds and didn't tell us. <gasps> Six 12-year-olds, I'm just like, no way. Sometimes, sometimes they were really, like, precocious children who were, like, really into solving the puzzles because some children are really good at solving puzzles. They're but, probably really into being somewhere only 14-year-olds can go. Yeah. Wait, what were some of the escape room stories that you wove? Uh, so their place had four rooms. There was one that was basically, like, the cube. Um mm-hmm. Which was basically just, like, a walls of white. There was a murder room that was, like really mess, messed up um it was like uh, like oh you think your neighbor might be a serial killer spoiler alert he's he definitely is. a serial killer <laughs> so this comes back to honey brains oh yeah one of because so, yeah because all of us had more than one job because uh you can't make a living working at an escape room it seemed fair yeah, so one of my colleagues also worked at uh, honey brains and she's <laughs> <laughs> But was the escape room, was that like, because I was, I was, that was like in the NYU neighborhood. Was this like, yeah. so was the escape room also in the NYU neighborhood? No, it was in Chinatown. Oh. Yeah. Huh. But you said you got a lot of college kids there, we like drunk college of, kids. We got a lot of drunk college kids, drunk adults, uh, a lot of team building exercises. Yes. Yeah. That's um, so, I feel like if I were drunk, the last thing I would want to do yeah. is <laughs> try to yeah. figure and something very, out. <laughs> and almost always it was like the 10 p.m. group, which was like the last group of the day, <laughs> would come in like very drunk and we would have to like deal with them, A, not knowing what they were doing, B, possibly breaking stuff, or like see a couple of times like a person has passed out in the room and their friends don't pay any attention to them. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That's Did dark. anyone ever barf in the escape room? Not I feel in, like every time we're talking about something like this, I'm like, does someone throw up? <laughs> not in ours, but we found a. I found this wonderful Reddit thread that was, uh, what's the worst thing that's happened in an escape room that you used to work at? Ooh. <laughs> and a lot of the stories are have to do with like bodily fluids. And, oh, God. Uh, can you yeah. can you email that to me? Can <laughs> oh, we put absolutely. this somehow? So there's like a whole there's social. a whole subreddit of of former or current employees mm-hmm. of escape rooms. I yep. love that. This is this is why I feel like sometimes I, I have a little bit of uh, a space for affection for Reddit. Oh, I have an update about Reddit that someone corrected us. Okay, so when I was telling you guys about the house with the bats, you know, I was like, all bats have rabies. False. And so a friend of bats <laughs> has has been like, no, 6% or something like that of bats have rabies, but you are most likely to get rabies from a bat bite okay there we go so it's like not all of them have rabies but i guess if they're like gonna you're more bite you to get bit the ones by a bat than you yeah like a rabid bat you're more likely to get rabies from a rabid bat than like a rabid dog i don't know so what you're saying so just correcting but, yeah we can be friends with the bats friends with all bats yes. um so we're gonna check the uh the night call mailbag slash voicemail we have a really exciting had update a brief cremains update oh, oh yeah. yeah which was that I read a science article that I sent to you guys about that incident that said it's okay to eat some cremains. 
that it, it won't harm you. It won't you. hurt you. It's not toxic. It's probably like eating uh, fingernails. And, and, well, then there was a quote from one of the kids who had eaten the cookies with the cremains in them where he was like, you could taste these little like gritty gray flecks in the cookies. Oh. Well, I mean, if he, after you know that you've just eaten cremains cookies, you're for sure going to have to be like, I knew it. I knew it. Otherwise, every time you eat something, it's possible that it's a cremainsy thing. Again, that's what I thought honey brains was going to be. There was also yeah. a story about a guy who ate squirrel brains and died. What? So, Why? Why? Because maybe he got brain rabies. I think squirrels no. Squirrels sometimes have like diseased meat or something. I think it's okay to eat some squirrels, but not this one particular squirrel. Yeah. I'll do more research about yeah, why check back. not to eat squirrel brains. Now, okay. <laughs> to the Nightcore Mailbag. We have an update about the murder board, and it comes in two parts. Molly, would you like to read part one? I'll read part one. Hey, Nightcall. Since you mentioned this week about wanting to hear updates on any weirdness going on and my dreams, I'd figure I'd get it out of the way in two parts. First, the original board was too narrow to make a proper rectangular spirit board out of, so I had to cut two equal length pieces from sections of the board with the stains on it, as the young women requested. A third, smaller portion with some staining on it was cut to make the planchette. Okay, so that's the less spooky part of this update. Um, Okay, so also we have pictures to post of the board. Ladies, as promised, part two of the update. The board is done with all carving, sanding, and contouring. Ink work has begun for most of the letters and numbers and one of the requested art pieces. More art to be inked, and then the entire thing has to be sealed for a smooth glide finish. Planchette is cut and sanded, but not inked or sealed yet. And then there's a picture. I've been trying to stay aware of anything odd going on besides these recurring dreams, which I'll get to in a moment. First, a skunk showed up in my backyard in the middle of the day while I was doing some sanding on the board outside. I think it might have been rabid. Second, for some reason my phone's camera has been blurring out or going dark taking these shots. It doesn't do that normally, but the lighting in my shop isn't great, so that could account for it. The only really weird thing that happened took place Friday night. My neighbor Mark was over and we were in the kitchen talking about the board. While we're talking, all of a sudden we both heard this loud sound. The only way I can describe it is like the sudden burst of wings of a lot of birds. I swear it sounded like it came from downstairs in the shop. Mark said he thought the sound came from outside, but the window was closed. Like an idiot, I grabbed a baseball bat and went down the stairs, creeping and peeking around corners like the guy in a horror movie that you just know is going to be the next one to die. I got down there and saw nothing. If both of us hadn't heard it, I might have written it off as me going batty and hearing things. As to the dreams you mentioned, it's really only just the one dream, but I've had it at least five or six times. In the dream, I'm in a house, but it's not my house. The murder board is there, and it's completely finished and beautiful, but it's grown gigantic, so it's the size of the entire wall of the room I'm in. I somehow know there's supposed to be a door there, and I need to go through it, but the murder board has no door in it, and I'm frantically trying to find a way to get wherever it is I'm supposed to go, but I can't. In one of the dreams, the ink on the board was running down across it. Then I wake up. Dun, 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 dun. Happy night call. <laughs> he says he's going to have it wrapped up this week. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, by the way. Yeah. Um, the thing about it, not him not being able to take pictures of it is actually more alarming than maybe he thinks it is. Like that feels that feels ominous to me. The bird thing is freaky to me. It's all I the mean, it's all freaky. escaping. <laughs> it's all freaky. Yeah. And also... Hmm, who said, don't do it? Oh, it was me. I was the only one who said, don't do it. <laughs> Nothing terrible's <laughs> happened. 
yet? Well, I said anything spooky that happens to you, you're going to start a trip. It's just going to make you paranoid. I think he's fine. I think everything's going great. I think this is shaping up to be a great screenplay no matter what. He's got yeah, the friend, amazing. the friend, the accomplice who's, who's yeah. witnessing the things. He's got the really good dream there happening. What I would like to know, the missing piece of the puzzle for me still, is I want to know the details of the murder in the house. I want to know about the ladies who are having it commissioned. We should uh, go to one of our calls that are also about maybe a coven of witches with uh, maybe oh, yes. better intent as well. <laughs> Emily, take it away. So this this night email comes from Jordan. And Jordan says, I go to this small Catholic university with a seminary in Maryland, and most of my fellow students and friends lean right politically, which sucks. So anyway, last night at a party, they're telling me about how the occult is putting a hex on Brett Kavanaugh. I naturally assume it's some right-wing Twitter crap, but the BBC reported it, so it's not fake news. So to paint the scene last night, way too many of my friends were all very concerned about whether or not Brett was going to be devoured by a demon or worse while suggesting the church should respond with an exorcism at the very least with no sense of irony at all while I was drinking my signature vodka tequila Arnold Palmer, which is better than it sounds, I swear. Naturally, I am siding with the occult over any response by the Catholic Church. I hope my school doesn't kick me out. Happy early Halloween, Jordan. Um, yeah, this is real. <laughs> This is a thing that's happening. I can't I can't remember if it's already happened or not, though. I read about it last week. There's a bookshop, I think in Bushwick, of course, um, which is a Bushwick, um, that is uh, is holding an event calling all witches to put a hex on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And there has also been there have also been various prayer meeting groups organized to protect Brett Kavanaugh against said hex. Um, and of course, I have no way of knowing, but it's possible that there are freelance witches who are just doing their own hexes on Brett Kavanaugh by themselves. I'm sure there are tons. That. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to be in Brooklyn. Um, so it happened on Saturday. Uh, it was at a place called Catland Books in Brooklyn. Nice. <laughs> when I first heard about this, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a thing that's picked up and made fun of by like the right wing media or conservative conservative media or something, um, even though I think it's kind of badass. But the fact that it, the response has been like, no, we must pray in defense of Brett Kavanaugh, like dead serious, like <laughs> taking it completely literally makes me feel like, OK, uh, this was the right move. No damage done whatsoever. I like the idea that there could be wars that played out just like between bad vibes and good vibes. Like I'm sending bad vibes over well, to your side. Well, I'm sending good vibes over to my side <laughs> and bad vibes to your side and comes back time three. Vibes. Well, guess what? I mean, I like the idea of like doing something with the idea of how like scared these people are of women. Yeah. There was a group during Women's Liberation called WITCH uh, that was an acronym for Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell (laughs) who were really cool. They were like socialist feminists and they did a lot of actions that were sort of like performance art-y where they would go like put a hex on the Pentagon and stuff. But just sort of showing up places to like scare dudes I feel like is a good idea I guess that's all I would say is take your hexing to the streets yeah Yeah. well there's also something about gathering in real life to focus all of your rage to try and like make the rage do something I kind of believe in just by showing up and like being around other women who are also feeling 
like endangered by dangerous policies and stuff like that to like really kind of get your blood boiling. Well, maybe it's not even magic that you need, but just like, I mean, you know, people who can like bend spoons with their minds. If that exists, if a bunch of people in a room concentrate really hard, I'm sure that we can do some damage. <laughs> the Yippies did a did an action where they tried to levitate the Pentagon. Oh, didn't I, work, did it? Yeah. Well, it freaked out all the squares, so maybe <laughs> it did work, is what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing is, is that everybody knows that if you put a hex on someone, it's coming back to you times three, so it really just shows like how dedicated you are. And I think that's Do you a, think that's always true? Or do yes. you think you can just hex somebody? You think... No, you ha- it no, comes back time. I feel like there's they no, did be, get by some karma, though, because their event was like... They had a cover charge, and like I guess all of it went to like a women's shelter or an LGBT uh, fund or something. Uh, so that was their protective measure. Maybe so. very nice. Yeah, win-win. I, I have yet to hear if anything has come out of the hex, but we'll, we'll keep our... We'll keep our uh, Hexes take a long time, like at least one, two moon cycles, I would estimate. Hexes. <laughs> this is a night email from Eugene, Oregon. I've been meaning to ask since the Terrace House episode, have any of you ever fallen down the rabbit hole of international variants on American reality TV programs? I harbor a passion for Australia's top model, where half of the contestants actually end up having big international modeling careers, and Top Chef Canada. Most seasons have a contestant from Newfoundland who talks about cooking with seal meat. I find the echo chamber of American culture refracted through other specific perspectives to be both alluringly familiar and weirdly destabilizing my best and they prefer to remain anonymous and say i'm a shy boy you guys i'm sure have heard about the thailand bachelor right no uh no really oh this is kind of an ongoing news thing um so two of the women on the current or maybe just finished season of uh the thailand's the bachelor uh, ended up falling in love with each other and <gasps> oh, leaving the I show. What? It. it was so cool. Yeah, it's it awesome. Was was... <laughs> you wish something like that would happen on ours. They 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 yeah. like do so much to to filter out all the non normies that I feel like. Yeah, American Bachelor is like the boringest, yeah, most hetero thing in the universe. And like, even if somebody did fall in love with uh, like fall in love on the show, like you feel like they would all be so conditioned to just stick to the script and keep like vying for this dude's love. I haven't watched many international variants, but this email made me want to watch all of them. I was going to say, I forget if it was Top Chef Canada or Chopped Canada, but I definitely did also watch one of the Canadian variants. And it was so funny because the ingredients were like specifically Canadian. So there was an episode where the challenge was Saskatoon berries. (laughs) And everyone just kept... (laughs) Saying like, oh, I've got to incorporate these Saskatoon berries. (laughs) Being like, everyone knows that the Saskatoon berry makes a delicious sauce. What Uh, other international ones do you watch? I I should probably dunk my bread into the survivor of different, uh, the different kind of survivors. I think there are them. Who who else does survivor? What other countries do? That's what I'm wondering. I'll look it up. There was a really good British show called Shipwrecked Island that I think is like maybe back. Everyone's been saying Love Island is Love the one Island to watch. is also yeah. Everyone watches Love. I've got to get into that. I would like to watch Love Island. Yeah, I watched a bunch of British reality shows. You watched all the Hills equivalents. Uh, I watched all the Hills. I watched um, the only way is Essex, which is the the more shabby one, and then I watched uh, Chelsea. 
yeah, Made in Chelsea, which is the rich person one. Both fascinating. Survivor is definitely international. Variations in the format. There's um, Expedition Robinson Sweden, which is, what is that? like? Robinson Crusoe. The 1900s house, but in a tree house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, is, yeah. how's Terrace House? Oh, my God. That's all that I've done since coming back home is watching <laughs> Terrace House. I'm not finished with the most recent batch. I think it's like the fourth series. There's some wild stuff going. It suddenly went from being it went from being one of the cutest, purest seasons of of uh, Terrace House. Now it's become the full on like messy party one, uh, just because of the people that have cycled in and out. Yeah, I saw Amanda Hess posted that all the men are crying. Oh, there was like a like a mashup of like a lot of men just like crying and crying well and they're crying. very free with their feelings on terrace house and it made me really want to watch it's it it's really it's more very, than the other stuff it's actually very sweet like even though there are like a lot of guys i can't stand on the show like recently there have been a lot um one of them on the episode that i'm on has just announced that he's leaving and i really can't stand this guy but like the amount of like emotional outpouring that came from one of the other dudes that i do like more like he was so like touched by all the stuff he was saying about you know like him being like an older brother to him and stuff and it was like such a genuinely moving scene and that's like one of the great things about Tara's house um but yeah I haven't finished it yet uh yeah it's um I kind of want to get into the first season which is not on Netflix and takes a little more maneuvering to access but it's supposed to be great the seasons are like 50 episodes or something like that like they're really what yeah Wait, what? <laughs> Why is that? Because they go for basically a year. Um, Connecticut Muffin will be 50 episodes in real time. <laughs> Connecticut Muffin. It'll just be like hours at Connecticut Muffin. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes somebody comes in and sometimes it's kind of dead for a few hours and you just stay on that. A mm-hmm. Connecticut Muffin and Honey Brains Court. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was just going to say that there's very, there's a split in our audience. I'm going against Emily's direction to not bring this up. If we talk about a food and then we never talk it, about it again, it's because we've received so much feedback that the food is upsetting to people. And though you may crave more talk about that food or that condiment delicious white or what have you, we've basically been forbidden from doing it. So I just wanted to clarify that. Can, can we as Night Call ask people to please vote? Yes, of course. Everybody yes, vote. Yes, absolutely. Every, everybody in California vote yes, yes on, on 10. 10 for rent control. Night call endorses yes on 10. Big time. And 8, right? Dialysis. Yes on 8, yes you on 10. Vote. For those of you in Massachusetts, uh, yes on 3 for transit. Nice. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes on please. 3 for Massachusetts. And if you're already registered and you know where you're going to be voting and all that, look into giving people rides to the polls, looking getting into canvassing, getting the vote out any way you can in the community near you that most needs it because we all need to help get it it shouldn't be this much of a struggle to get everybody to vote but it is you gotta do it for some reason my mom i talked to my mom the other day and she was like hey do you mind asking everyone you know to vote please (laughs) i was like fuck okay mom i'll do it on the podcast so please please vote i've been talking to a lot of people who don't plan on voting especially younger people it's it's really wigging me out no no none of that none of that None of that. Don't you can't listen to our show anymore, honestly. If you're one of those young people. Yeah. Sorry, you can't. Vote. <laughs> Night call wants you to vote.
Yes on three, yes on ten, yes on eight. Look into your props. Look into your people. Just do like do it. 30 minutes of research. It's worth it. All right. It's true. Okay. Your moms have stopped yelling at you, but do what they say. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> do it. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week, everybody. Uh, follow us on social media at uh, Night Call Podcast on Facebook, Night Call Podcast on Instagram, and Night Call Pod on Twitter. You can also give us a night call at 124046night or an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review and a rating also while you're there. Why not? It's fun. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.